You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. I want to read to you two passages of Scripture. Man, I think that worship team did better in this service than the last service. I think they must have prayed through last service or something. I don't know, man, but there was a special anointing on them. I was ready for them to just keep on going. Amen. I love it. Now, I can't preach better than I did in the first service, so it's only down from there, which means I'm going to need y'all's help. Somebody say, help them, Jesus. In Acts Acts 1, verses 4 through 5, I'll read there also in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says that being assembled together with them, Jesus had commanded them that they should not depart. Everybody say, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Everybody say, wait. We don't like that four-letter word, do we? And it's usually in the waiting where people depart. And he said, don't depart while you wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. In Second Corinthians 6, 2, it's also a word that God spoke, recorded by the Apostle Paul. And we understand that the context of this letter was written after the Holy Ghost was poured out, after they had waited, and finally it came. So God says in this verse of Scripture, He says, In an accepted time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. In an accepted time. Isn't it funny how what we define as an acceptable time, God says, no, 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 that's not an acceptable time. And when God says now is a good time, we think, how could you do it now? The New Living Translation says it like this, at just the right time, I heard you and behold, now is the right time. So I preach to you with the help of the Lord today that it is happening now. Would you turn to somebody and say, it's happening right now. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Already seven minutes in. we got to hurry because it's about to happen right now. Isn't it funny to understand that Jesus, standing with his disciples just before his ascension into heaven, his last discourse with them, his last conversation with them. He tells them the thing they had been doing their whole lives. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't it funny that Jesus takes this last moment, seconds before he ascends into heaven and says, just keep waiting. He's telling a group of people that had been waiting their whole lives. In fact, 
their generation and generations prior had been waiting for this promise. People had died off waiting for this thing that he was about to do. And he says, wait some more. They get a little flustered and frustrated in the next verse. They, they say, but Jesus, when, when is it this time? When are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? When are you going to give us back our government? When are you going to do for us what we thought you came to do? And in essence, Jesus is saying, I didn't come here to do what you thought I came here to do. When are you going to give us back our economy and our government? When are you going to give us back our influence in this nation? And he said, no, I didn't come for that. He tells him in verse 8, he says, but I'll tell you what I'm about to do. He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Oh, I wish somebody would preach with me this morning. You may not have all the answers. You may not understand everything that God is up to. You may not know when and where and how, but you've got the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, you're not going to have all the answers. You're not going to know when, but you've got power of the Holy Holy Ghost, and if you've got the power of the Holy Ghost, that's all you need. Is it too early in my sermon for you to clap your hands and thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost? And I feel feel like I need to preach on that for a little bit. We've got the power of the Holy Ghost. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you haven't received this gift of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to leave here without it. You can come to Jesus today and say, God, let me open my gift. You purchased it for me with your own blood. My name is on it. It belongs to me. I want the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't care what this world is going through. In fact, in fact, because of what this world is going through, I need more of the Holy Ghost. The scripture says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep the new translation of that scripture would say the world is without form and void and darkness is upon the face of the deep not just the earth anymore but now now that form that lack of form that void that emptiness that darkness that depression is upon the contents of the earth the world is without form the world is void The world is in darkness, but the answer, the answer of the void expanse of earth was this, and the spirit, and the spirit of God moved, and the spirit of God moved, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, step two, and God said, let there be light. Can I give you a greater revelation of why we know he's God? We don't just know he's God because of what he said. We know he's God because of the response to what he said. Any of you and myself can say, let there be light, but ain't nothing going to happen. But we know he's God because he said, let there be light. But the next four words reveal he's God. And there was light. 
How do we know he's God? Because in Isaiah, it says, just like the rain falls upon the earth, the snow comes down upon the earth. It brings water to the seed and brings forth fruit. And God says, so shall my word, so shall my word be. He said, my word will go where I want it to, accomplishing what pleases me. He said, my word shall not return void unto me. I'll send my word to every void family. I'll send my word to every void backslider. I'll send my word to every void saint of God. I'll send my word to every void neighborhood. And I promise you this, where I send my word, it's not coming back with an empty report. It's going to come back saying delivered. It's going to come back saying set free. When I send my word, it's going to come back saying healed, saved. It's going to come back. When he found a void earth, he said, let my spirit move. So this preacher's saying, we got a void world. Let the spirit move. Let the spirit move. Let the spirit move. Let the spirit move. All right, got 10%. We'll go for the other 90 here. Just several months ago, my wife and I are driving to Houston, Texas to preach. Three-hour drive. I remember waking up that morning. I had just a heavier burden upon me that Sunday morning than I normally do. I mean, I couldn't even pick out the clothes I wanted to wear. Everything just seemed, everything just seemed so superficial to me. And I thought, man, I just got to get to that service. There's a burden on me. As we were driving, the Lord began to speak to me and say, preach about the fire of my spirit. Preach about the fire of my spirit. That's all I could hear. I'm driving and just crying and praying. Preach about the fire. The Lord began to tell me, I'm sending a fire that cannot be quenched. I'm sending a fire. John the Baptist said, I have baptized you in waters of repentance, but there's one who is coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire I'm telling you I don't know how to completely explain this hermeneutically or contextually but you can tell when somebody's been baptized with the Holy Ghost but they've done lost the fire you can tell you can look in the mirror and say I've still got the Holy Ghost but where's the fire you know how you can tell because when you're on fire you can't stay still when you're on fire you can't stay seated. When you're on fire with the Holy Ghost, you can't stay silent. When you're on fire, you got to do something. You don't care about what anybody says. When you're on fire, you can't help but shout. You can't help but dance. There is a fire of God's Spirit that wants to pour out today. I got to that service and It was just a normal service, I suppose. I got up to the pulpit. I preached on the fire of the Holy Ghost. We had several people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost that morning. I was leaving, walking out of the lobby area when a family grabbed me. Uh, They got my attention. There was five of them. There was the young lady, a teenage girl who had just received the Holy Ghost. Her older brother, around the age of 30, his wife, 
And then his two parents, also the parents of the girl that got the Holy Ghost. They were an Indian family. And he grabbed my attention. He said, Brother Green, I've got to talk to you. He said, I've got to tell you something. I said, yes, sir. What is it? I met them. We talked. He said, my father is Greek Orthodox. My mother is Roman Catholic. He said, we just moved here from India a few months ago. He said, and uh, the, last, the last few weeks I've had this reoccurring dream. He said, I, I thought it was crazy until it just kept happening over and over. And he said, I need to tell my dad, but my dad's not going to understand this. He might even get upset. Finally, he said, I shared this dream that I kept having every night with my father. He said, and to my surprise, my father's eyes widened and said, son, I've had the same dream every night. I said, what is this dream? He said, well, I don't really know how to explain it. He didn't have Acts chapter 2 vocabulary, but I could hear what he was saying. He said, well, all I know is that in this dream, we find ourselves in this church, and this fire shows up, and, and it, it doesn't just move a little bit. He said, this fire fills the entire building, and he says it doesn't stand still. He said, the fire moves like a wind out of control, like a rushing mighty wind, like a wind out of control, and he said, the people in the church aren't afraid of it. In fact, they're reaching for the fire until the fire consumes them. He said it happened until finally we reached for the fire and the fire consumed us. And he said, I looked at my dad across from the breakfast table and said, we need to find that fire. He said, I don't know how many churches we've been to in the last three weeks. He said, six, seven or eight churches. He said, but we couldn't find the fire. He said, but when we came here. He said, and they started singing. I started getting goosebumps, and I thought, I started wondering myself. He said, I started thinking to myself, this might be the place. He said, then you got up to preach and said, today I will preach on the fire of the Holy Ghost. He said, and I thought, this really might be the place. He said, then we came up to the front, and I watched as my sister received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. He said, I elbowed my dad and said, we found the fire. Can I let you in on a little secret? You found the fire too. And the fire done found you. I didn't just find a church. I didn't just find a pastor. I didn't just find a choir. I found the fire of the Holy Ghost. I found a power from another world. I found something better than rehab. I found something better than a physician. I found the fire of the Holy Ghost. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Come on, clap your hands like you really believe. Pastor Ellis, I prophesy in the Holy Ghost, there is a fire, a wind of God's Spirit that is coming through your voice into this church. There is a fire of God's Spirit that's about to consume this entire church. And if you can't handle the fire, you go ahead and get out. But for those of you that want the fire, it's time to jump in. It's time to get in. It's time to go where God is sent. And go.
I was on the phone last night with a pastor from South Carolina, which is why I was a little bit late to dinner. Forgive me, youth committee. And I was on the phone with a pastor. He had shared with me this amazing man of God, Brother John Field, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And he had shared with me previously. He told me. And every time I talk to him, he's got more testimonies. I love it. He pumps me up. It's like getting a Holy Ghost steroid shot or something. He's telling me, he said, man, I got to tell you what's been happening. He said, something came over me Sunday morning. I told our, I told our youth and young adults, I said, hey, it's time for you to do something for God right now. Don't wait until you're 18, 25, married with kids. He said, right now. He said, I want y'all to find something to do. They talked and discussed and figured out they wanted to do a nursing home ministry. So they went to the nursing home for their very first little nursing home service. They'd sing a few songs and have a little sermon. In that nursing home while they were having church with these elders, uh, uh, the priest, the Catholic priest of a mega Catholic church in that city of over 20 thousand people in this Catholic church that priest was walking through the nursing home and heard praising and worshiping and singing going on and he kind of just snuck in to that service and he said he was amazed not just at the singing and everything but he was amazed at looking at the who was leading it was young people teenagers and young adults and he said he, he overheard some of them speaking in tongues and he was very intrigued and he went up to one of them and said who are you who are you with what are, what are you involved with who's your church who's your pastor they connected this catholic priest to brother john field a united pentecostal church pastor and his wife is a dynamic prayer warrior who's over the prayer team and in south carolina and she i'm telling you i've been in their house when she's praying the paint off the walls <laughs> and if you weren't right with god before she started you were when she finished and and um uh, keep that in your mind for a moment but this catholic priest and pastor john field they connected and and so longer story short they they talked at several different breakfasts and lunches together and he began to tell Brother Feld, he began to tell him about who he was, the Catholic priest of this huge church. And he said, I'm not just Catholic. He said, I'm charismatic Catholic. He said, what? I didn't know there was such a thing. What does that even mean? He said, well, he said, I'm a part of a group of Catholic people where there's over 100 million of us around the world that we are sort of privately seeking the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He said, I have this prayer group in my home every Saturday morning of about 15, 20 of us. He said, do you mind? He said, we're kind of outgrowing my living room. Could we use your church for our prayer meeting? He said, sure. He said, well, what I would really like, and he's like, I don't want to impose, but could that youth team that was there at the nursing home, could they be there and lead us in some songs? Yeah, they could do that. He said, I'm sorry, I don't want to impose, but do you think you could preach to us on Saturday morning? He said, yeah. He said, what do you want me to preach about? He said, I want you to preach that the Holy Ghost is about to be poured out on every Catholic church in the world. He said, well, I can do that. He said, he said, when this Catholic priest got up to introduce me, he said, he started talking about the history of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He started talking about Azusa Street and Topeka, Kansas. He, was, he said, as a UPC minister, I'm thinking, that's my stories. What are you doing stealing my stories, man? And he said, finally, I got up there. I preached on the Holy Ghost. He sent me a video of over 25 of them slain on the floor, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. 
I say all of that now to tell you this. Uh, Sister Tracy Feld, Brother Feld's wife, uh, had previously had a vision before all this took place. And she said, in this vision I saw, it was like a map or like a bird's eye view of North America. And there was just darkness. Darkness all over North America. And she said, it was like a dark cloud or something over North America. And she said, next thing I know, I saw a spark of fire just poof, over here. And then a spark poof, and a spark poof across the states they started firing up popping up all over she said next thing you know it started to spread and the fire started connected she said i'm trying she said i'm in this vision she said i'm trying to look up where this is happening like what city and state is that so i can call a upc pastor and say hey hey there's a fire coming hey 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 she said all of a sudden god spoke to me and said stop looking he said i am not looking for those who are just called upc he said i'm looking for those who are devoted i'm looking for those who are ready to pay the price he said I don't care what religion they're a part of if they desire me I'll give it to them if they want me I'll give it to them if they want my fire I'll give it to them I'm here to let you I'm not about to leave the UPC I'm just letting you know that if you've got the desire he's got the fire if you've got the want he said blessed are they which hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled Would you just stop and lift up your hands for a moment? Uh, and would you just begin to express your desire unto the Lord? I want the fire of your spirit now, God. I'm letting you know right now uh, that there are people that we cannot even imagine uh, that God is swinging the sickle of harvest uh, into their valley of decision. Uh, he is bringing them such as to be saved. Uh, Peter said this promise uh, is to you and your children and to all who are afar off, uh, even as many as the Lord uh, our God shall call. It's not just for us. Uh, it's for everybody. You can stand or sit, but I feel to keep building faith right now. We got about 45%. I'm going to keep going. I was in Michigan. I was in Michigan at Brother Henson's church. And this young lady received the Holy Ghost after I went up and talked to her. And she told me, she said, I want the Holy Ghost, but I can't receive the Holy Ghost. First time visitor telling me this. I knew she had more knowledge than I, than just a first time visitor. And I said, what do you mean you can't receive the Holy Ghost? And her exact words to me were, God cannot give the Holy Ghost to a lesbian. I responded, who lied to you? Ah. Uh, See, in Luke 15, the Pharisees show up and say, what's he doing eating with sinners and sick people and tax collectors? Jesus said, physicians don't go to houses with people that are well. He said, I've come to seek and save those who are lost. I'm looking for the lost. I'm looking for the broken. I'm looking for the dark and confused ones. My God, I feel a burden of the Lord upon me right now. I prayed for that girl. She received the Holy Ghost. Here's what will blow your mind. At Sunday night church, that same night, what, four hours or so after she gets the Holy Ghost, the Lord stops the whole church, hundreds of people there, stops the entire thing with tongues and interpretations to speak directly to her. Forget all you religious people. Y'all don't need my word. This girl needs my word. 
he speaks to her, calls her out by name, and says, I pulled you out of darkness into my light, and I filled you with my spirit. He said, but there's a world behind you that'll never hear the voice of your pastor if they don't hear yours first. Go back to that world that I pulled you out, and I will show them my light. You got to go. I feel a prophetic anointing up in this place right now. The Lord is saying in this place, you've got a world that will never hear the voice of your pastor. You've got a world that will never hear Acts 2.38. If they don't hear your voice first, it's time for us to realize we are called. We are chosen of God. You can stand or whatever you feel to do. God is reaching. God is reaching. God is reaching right now. I'm telling you, since that happened in Houston with that Indian family, three other times in different church services around the nation, I have witnessed people who claim that they have been having dreams. And they stood there in the altar when God filled them with the Holy Ghost after having dreams. At Wynn's conference in Florida, a conference for young ministers, a Muslim lady shows up to a minister's conference. She shows up, gets the Holy Ghost that night. I say, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. She gets this fear on her face and says, no, I will not be baptized in Jesus' name. My husband will, he will persecute me if I'm baptized in Jesus' name. My wife, for the last several weeks, has been in a Bible study with this young lady in Florida, she said, God, she said, I cannot take upon the name of Jesus. She said, I'll help everybody else get baptized in Jesus' name, but I can't do it. The next morning at a panel discussion for young ministers, she shows up. She says, I've got to be baptized now. She said, I've had a dream. I've had a dream that if I'm not baptized right now, it's going to be too late for me. I've got to be baptized right now. She's been baptized in Jesus' name. She came to me the other day in, in the altar. She was just weeping. And this is what she tells me, Brother Ellis. She comes to me and she says, Brother Green, I have a question. I said, yes, ma'am, what is it? She said, are my prayers powerful when I pray in a whisper? I said, What? She said, I have a burden to pray for lost souls and Muslim people around the world. But if my husband hears me, he will persecute me. Does God hear me when I whisper? Will souls be saved if I just pray in a whisper? Her name is Shiesta. I said, Shiesta, your prayer in a whisper is more powerful than a lot of our shouts. Because you're praying with everything that you've got. She just told us last week, she said, I have five Muslim people that I've been connecting to in a Muslim nation that I won't name right now. 
She said, I have five people I've been doing a Bible study with over the phone and Zoom and everything else. She said, they want to be baptized in Jesus' name right now. She said, I don't know what to do. I called a missionary who some of you might know. He's kind of the CIA of the UPCI over in the Middle East. And I texted him. I said, can you get to this country? I said, this lady, this new convert has five people that are ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. He said, I'll call you back. But he said, I'll start working on it right now. We'll get someone over there who can baptize them in Jesus' name. I just had another lady, Sister Varney Marshall, who showed me a video. Somehow, I don't even have time to tell it, she got connected to a Muslim person in the Middle East and started teaching them Bible studies through, through Skype and FaceTime and Zoom chat and all that stuff. And they wanted to be baptized but didn't have a pastor to baptize them. She said, you just go to the water and your husband will hold up the camera for you and then you'll hold up the camera for him and I'll baptize you from thousands of miles away. She showed me the video of them just standing in the river like this and she said I now baptize you in the name of Jesus and they dunked themselves and when they came out of the water they were speaking in other tongues as God filled them with the Holy Ghost You think God's not reaching? He's reaching. I told them this morning. I just told them this morning. And this might, it looks like we got about everybody now. This might take it over the top. Just this morning, I told them how in Virginia, not overseas where God is, you know, can move however he wants to move. Right here in North America. Some people think you go to Africa and you sneeze in the microphone and people get the Holy Ghost over there. Can't happen here in America. It's happening here. We just had a, Jewish Orthodox scholar with a yarmulke on his head and a prayer shawl around his shoulders standing at the altar next to 21 other people. They all received the Holy Ghost while he stood there dignified, stoic, and wouldn't pray. The minister, one of the ministers went down to him and said, will you please pray? You came to the altar. Will you pray? Will you give your life to Jesus? He said, no! I won't give my life to Jesus because Jesus is not God. He said, I would never believe that nonsense. He said, the only way I would believe that Jesus is God is if God himself spoke to me and said he was Jesus, but he would have to do it in Hebrew. That's a big mistake to say that to God in an apostolic church. Because he don't have to get a burning bush to speak in tongues. He'll find somebody in the church to do it. And he found a first-time visitor standing next to him who was once the choir director down the street at a Baptist church. She's standing there receiving the Holy Ghost for the first time. That Jewish man, his eyes wide and open, he says, my God, she's speaking Hebrew. We said, what is she saying? What is she saying? He, he told me the phrase. I wrote it down. He said, she's saying, Elohim shemi Yeshua. He, she's saying it over and over. It's fluent Hebrew. I understand it. We said, what does it mean? He said, it means I am God and my name is Jesus. I don't know what that does to you, but that puts a fire inside of me. I know him. I know him. I know him. That Jewish man lifted up his hands for the first time in his life and said, Jesus, I give my life to you. No, 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 no,
when he said that, that was the last thing he said in English. God filled him with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. We marched him to the baptistry and baptized him in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. There's such a heaviness of the Lord in this place. There's such a love of God in this place. There is such an anointing in this place. God is reaching. God is reaching. God is pulling. God is compelling. Would you just respond by faith right now? Come on, there ought to be a voice that begins to go forth. I got off my notes that I do have about 33 minutes ago when I said something about the power of the Holy Ghost. God just said, that's where you need to preach during this service. They need to be reminded. They need a fresh understanding. They need a fresh anointing of my spirit. I've got fresh fire. I've got fresh fire. I've got fresh fire. you avoid persecution the reason you avoid suffering is because you walk not in my spirit but I call for you this day to stir up the gift of God that is in you and then you can face the persecution and then you can face the darkness and then you can face the suffering when you walk in the power of my spirit saith the Lord this podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio for more information about the Calvary Church please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people high energy music and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.